love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart If love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. like you to take a minute to just share with people our listeners about shadow of his wings and just kind of maybe see how they could help your ministry out um if you want to just tell folks how they could support you kind of what you guys do and uh just let people know how they could encourage you guys and support you great well we uh are a ministry that uh was founded out of uh my brokenness and my wife's brokenness we both came out of uh same-sex attraction and homosexual sin, and so out of that, as well as my wife came out of some childhood sexual abuse, and so out of that uh, healing, we have uh, kind of formed uh, the Shadow of His Wings ministry, and uh, we are actually about to embark on a Shadow of His Wings Christian fellowship, which is uh, we are going to begin doing things more on the road as we go out and start speaking to others, so we're open for speaking and uh, discussing specifically, I mean, and not just this topic, but uh, same-sex attraction and the gay agenda and how the church should address that. And so we are always open to come out and speak to churches. Uh, We also do a counseling ministry, and that counseling ministry is uh, headed up by myself and my wife. She also works with wives of uh, uh, men who've had sexual brokenness and works with uh, ladies who've had childhood sexual abuse. And so our whole ministry is a healing ministry. So we're kind of moving towards a direction of just general healing and hope. And uh, just uh, we we can always use, we are a nonprofit organization, so uh, any uh, donation would be great. Uh, We are trying to uh, look to the future for getting the word out because at this point in our in this uh, particular point in in the culture, there's not many people still offering hope for change for mm-hmm. homosexuals or folks who are struggling to get out of that. And so we still do that, and uh, we can always use assistance that way. You can visit our website at www.shadowofhiswings.com. I'm um, shadowofhiswingsministry.com. Uh, we also have a journey to joy for wives of uh, guys who've been in sexual brokenness, and that's a retreat for just their wives, and it's www.journeytojoy.org. Great. And uh, and I just want to make, I, I know Lee probably wouldn't bring this up on the air, but, um, I, you know, they also are the directors of the Agape Dome Retreat Center. And uh, you know what, if if you would like to send some bucks their way to just help with the facilities and help with just... Because uh, you know what, it takes a lot to keep up a place like that, and just for some transitions, they're in there. They do a great job at the Agape Dome, and just if you'd like to help them out in that way, again, you can find out more information about them at shadowofhiswingsministry.com. 
Well, you know what? I want to share with you a verse as we get started this week out of Philippians chapter 2. And it's verses 14 and 15. And it says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Okay, conviction already, right? Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may, what? Become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. I love that. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Why? So that you may become blameless and pure children of God. There is a direct connection between our complaining and arguing and being divisive and whether or not we are actually becoming pure children of God. Amen. And so I think actually that's going to segue probably pretty pretty well into what we're talking about today. And why don't you just share what we're going to be doing today, Lee, because when you told me kind of what you wanted to entitle this broadcast, I thought, oh, boy, this should be fun. (laughs) Well, I I entitled it uh, Despising Authority, uh, and it was because of a verse that I read just uh, last week uh, in 2 Peter 2.10 that says, you know, that we give ourselves over to the enjoyment of our lustful desires uh, and we despise authority Mm. when we get caught up in in our own sin. And I was praying about that, and I was just remembering in my own addiction um, how it was very hard to hear people come to me and offer me any direction um, because uh, it just was it would just kind of bristle at me. I'd, I'd kind of rub up against this place of you know what you who are you to tell me uh, what I'm doing wrong, mm-hmm. or to even offer me authority whatsoever. Uh, and I realized there was a bit of a rebelliousness inside of me of just, you know, I don't I don't have to listen to you. And uh, it's just been a great journey over the last uh, 13 years or so of God showing me where that rebelliousness came from. Well, and, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, well, we're in a we're in a culture that's been going in the direction you're talking about for quite a while. Now, Absolutely. Of saying of not ever doing anything other than question authority and oppose it and resist it. And, you know, I I can almost see the fist raised, you know, in sort of this rebellious anarchist type, um, you know, pose. And I'm thinking that's really what every sex addict sort of the position of their heart, isn't it? Sure. Is that they've got this. And when you said sort of a rebellious spirit, I'm thinking, yeah, it's not necessarily that, a, a person develops a sexual addiction with the intent of wanting to despise authority. Sure. But it's just that that seems to be the result. It's like you keep giving in to what you think is going to be your your best and what you think is the best. And where does it eventually lead? Just sort of this bitter, rebellious, angry spirit. Sure. And it's and then before anybody turns off their radios or their podcasts out there, because even now, even talking about despising authority... You know, probably 13 years ago, I would have said, ah, I'm turning that well, off. these guys I don't know, right? That. You know, what, what the heck are they? They're probably talking to somebody else. They're not talking to me because I don't despise authority. But it's important to begin looking at the true nature of the heart of God. He doesn't come at us shaking his finger back mm-hmm. and saying, shame on you for despising authority. He doesn't come at us in anger and say, you know what, kid? You're going to get a spanking for despising authority. He comes at us and says... You know what? There's a hurt in your heart, and that's why you have grown to despise authority. And as I was praying through that, I was thinking, you know, about the verse about fathers don't exasperate your children. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what happens to a guy who struggles in this particular sin area 
is he grows up in this family where he is faced with a lot of control, a lot of perfectionism, a lot of rules, a lot of regulations, a lot of hoops to jump through, a lot of bars to reach. And that becomes exasperating after a while. And there's not a lot of true love and affection. There's a lot of, if you do this, we'll love you. If you succeed, we can love you. If you look good, we'll love you. If you're the star quarterback, we'll love you. If you're the straight-A student, we'll love you. Whatever those bars are that Mm -hmm. he's had to reach, and yet he doesn't feel a lot of unconditional love that says, you know what, if you're a screw-up, if you fail, we're still going to love you. You know, that same passage that talks about not exasperating your children, it says, but to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So it's not saying, you know, admonition is certainly saying, hey, I'm going to admonish you and I'm going to teach you. And there are certain instructions that you have. But what did it start with? Nurture. Absolutely. And it's like, how often do we miss the nurturing heart of God that's saying the the sort of the opposite of exasperation is nurture. Absolutely. Yeah, we're just, we are really, really good at setting all the rules and setting all the things that ultimately exasperate people because it just puts this burden on them and they're like, I never measure up. I can never make it. And then out of all that woundedness, what do we do? We latch on to our sexuality and we start trying to take care of ourselves. We we are no longer uh, allowing ourselves to be nurtured because we've never experienced it. Sure. And so it's it's almost like God is trying to say, no, do you know what my heart is? My heart is a nurturing heart. I'm going to come at you, and I'm going to nurture you and touch you and love you and say, you know what? I know exactly where you are. I know where all your wounds are. I know where all of your exasperation is. But I'm going to say, hey, come sit in my lap for a little while. Let's just, let me just, you know, touch you. You know, it's like God wants to wants to care for us even more than he wants to instruct us. Right. Well, and that's the whole premise that I began to see in this is that a guy grows up in a very perfectionistic home without a lot of unconditional love. So what he begins to feel is, is, hey, as long as I check this box, do this thing, perform this way, then I am good. Mm. And that's where pride begins to start to form because he does succeed at things. He can become the star quarterback, the great basketball star, the the great earner, the... You know, so he begins to perform well, and parents give pats on the back for that. But yet what he also finds is he becomes very independent. He doesn't have a lot of love, so he just becomes, he begins to realize, I am the only one that can take care of myself here. Which makes it very, very difficult then when you start diving into the Word and seeing how God wants to relate with us. Absolutely. And you you have to start. You have to start at a place where you see God is holy. We have failed. There is this disconnect between God and us that he, God, is has remedied. He's the one that came near to us. He's the one that right. came in, in the form of Jesus Christ. He is the one that touched us. But then there's still that part in our hearts where we say, wait a second. My whole life, I've done it on my own. Right. And you're saying that you want to give me life and that you want to empower me and that you want to live your life through me. There's this, there is this great struggle that I think people have in humbling themselves to that end. Sure. Because you use to that, actually receive that kind of love. Right. You used the worst F word I've ever heard, which is fail. Mm. You know? 
it's the fail word. You know, when you said if we have to acknowledge that God says you have failed, and that's a terrible word for a guy who's lived in a home where he knows the consequences of failure. And we automatically assume, because in our experience and in, in, in our humanity, our experience of somebody telling us we've failed is followed up with anger and condemnation sure. and all this. When God says you have failed, he says, you just didn't live up to my standard. And guess what I did? I paid the price for you to have relationship with you, to redeem you, to buy you back, to come Absolutely. after you. And so it's like that's a whole different paradigm from which to see failure and acknowledge it. Yeah, there's two different scenarios. There's the the parental family home a definition of what happens when failure occurs, which is anger and disappointment. How could you do this to me? And how come you don't do this? And how come you should have done this? And if you had done this, I'd, what did I tell you to do? Mm-hmm. Versus God who says, hey, son, I'm excited. It's okay to fail. Because failing means you went and tried something brand new, and that's you're going to fail at first. You're not always going to succeed. And that soft spirit doesn't create despising authority. It says... Wow, thank you. I can listen now. I can hear that that failure can happen. And I think the way God approaches us with failure, I I keep getting the picture of Adam and Eve in my mind. Right. You know, the way God sees our failures, he doesn't come to us and say, you know what? I started with a complete expectation that you would get it right every single time. Right. No, he actually comes to us and says, you were deceived. Sure. You were deceived. I mean, when he thinks about his his children, Adam and Eve, that he created, and then they got deceived and they ate and they crossed sure. the line, he comes and he says, man, there was a great deception that wounded you, that, that, that did this horror, that yes, you did cross this line. Right. Not saying there's no culpability on Adam and Eve's part. You know, they definitely did sin. But I think more than anything, God's heart is broken because he sees the deception that his kids enter into. Sure. And so that's kind of the difference between those two, like, failure mindsets. Right. The one is, like you're talking about in our family environment where we grow up, and we're deceived into thinking that failure is the ultimate enemy. Well, we're and I've told got to by do, parents usually. Yeah, so and I've got to do it. everything. The only right. way I'm acceptable is if I'm not failing. Right. And God is saying, wait a second, I know every single one of your failures, and I embrace you. I accept Still. you. I receive you, you know. Right. And and I think even those failures that aren't precipitated by deception, he revels in. He loves those because it means you've tried something new. Mm-hmm. You've embarked on a passion. You know, it's you, you brought up the Agape Dome, our retreat center. Well, a couple of years ago, I, I know I know you know this, it flooded. You know, a pipe burst and it flooded. And, it, you know, the water dripped from one floor to the next. And I woke up 4 o'clock in the morning going, you know, God, I'm so angry at you because look, why didn't you wake me up? Why mm-hmm. did you allow this to happen? Look what I've done. I have failed here. And he said, but you took a chance. You tried. You took on a, a, this whole retreat center not knowing what was going to come. Mm-hmm. And yes, you did fail. But am I not the God of making all things new? Am I not the God of recovering your failures? But I had grown up in a home that said you are not allowed to fail. And when I heard God speak those words, it was like, Wow, the the despising authority began to fall apart because there's no need to despise authority when authority comes at you with love. Mm-hmm. When authority comes at you, and that's the difference for most sex addicts, is they didn't have authority and love. They had authority and disappointment and shame and anger. 
But when an authority figure comes to you and says, I need you to hear me because this is my best for you. This is what I want to help you with. Then that despising authority doesn't take up this rebellious attitude that says, you know what? I don't have to listen to you because you're just going to tell me one more time that I failed. Mm -hmm. So I know how to handle my life. I've done it all these years. And guess, guess what? A lot of sex addicts and sexually broken men, they're pretty successful guys. They can make money. They can you know, be successful on the job. They can look successful in, in public. But when God whispers in the ear and says, hey, son, there's something you're doing wrong, they don't want to listen. And that's mm-hmm. where that rebelliousness starts. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why you and I have seen in every single sexually addicted person we've ever come across a an underlying anger issue. Sure. Right? Because that goes right along with despising authority. If you have Yeah, mine's not so underlying anymore. It yeah. kind of creeps out more than I like. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's I think it's obvious to us and we're dealing with guys, it's not obvious to the person necessarily. Sure. Absolutely. You know, you start you start trying to introduce to somebody in counseling, do you do you realize you you are a very, very angry person? And what do they do? I'm not an angry person. <laughs> It's like the most offensive thing you can say, right. which is part of that despising authority, right? You're sure. pointing out something to them that you've got a better better vantage point on, and what are they doing? They're resisting that. Sure. And it's like it's so deeply ingrained in almost every fiber of our being, you know, when you've come from this system that says you've got to take care of yourself. It's all about your independence. It's all on your shoulders. And then you've repeatedly shown how you fail sure. whenever it's all on your shoulders. But I'm not going to let anybody see my failures because I know what happens in this home I grow up in if people see failure. You know, the great image that I get is this little boy kind of locked away in a small room. And he is just running like mad to keep all the plates spinning and making sure mm-hmm. everything looks good on the outside because he knows that he doesn't like the consequences of failure. And so he keeps up this defense shield around himself. And, and and you guys, if you're listening and you got some sexual brokenness, you know what I'm talking about, about defensiveness. Because the minute a wife or a boss comes to you and says, hey, you messed up here. I did not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not me. I didn't do that. On, you know, so immediately that defense mechanism kicks in and says, don't tell me that I'm wrong. Don't tell me that I've messed up. And God is not coming at you today shaking his finger at you. He's coming at you today saying, son, I love you and I want to help you with that because you will fail. Mm -hmm. You know, guess what? I think the most freeing statement that any guy can ever come to a conclusion of is that I am an absolute failure. And it's through my failures that God's strength pours through me. So, you know, that may be a completely, you know, going against the grain kind of truth, but it is a truth that we are absolute failures, and there's well, nothing wrong with that. And we can actually enjoy that and say, guess what? Now I'll go out and try some things that I might fail at. You know, I know a lot of guys, including myself, that they won't try things that they might fail at because they don't want to look like a failure. Mm-hmm. Well, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, the, the Apostle Paul said it this way, I'll boast in my weaknesses. Absolutely. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It's almost as if he's saying, you know what, you actually can't fully experience the power of Christ in your life until you fully embrace the weaknesses you have, the failures, the fact that, you know what, Uh, you know, one of the best statements that I think you can make, I put it in my book in the Four Pillars of Purity. It's the very first line in the book. I was wrong. Amen. And how hard is that to say? To like actually live there and go, you know what? 
when I am left up to myself with no authority, with no with no compass, mm-hmm. which really that's what God provides to us. He's not only the supreme authority, but he's the compass. He's the lover of our souls. He's the one who can direct us in paths of righteousness. Right. If we don't have that, guess what? I have to admit, I fail every time. Absolutely. Every time. Even if it looks as if I've succeeded, when when I get to the end of whatever that success may be, I go, there's a lot of emptiness here because it was not the way God made me to function. Absolutely. Or the direction he wanted me to go. And well, so that's it's very empty. Yeah, and that's a very difficult place. I think you're it's I'm glad you're stating it the way you are because it even makes me bristle a little bit. It's like, wow, em- embrace your failure and say that failure is okay. I mean, we're going to get banned from every evangelical outlet out there, you know, right? right? But it's an amazing freedom once you realize that failing is an amazing thing. You know, I mean, learning that God's heart is not a heart of perfection. He is perfection, so he doesn't have to instill it. He doesn't have to require it. He knows he's perfect, and he knows I'm not. And his perfection comes through me. But he also wants my passions to flow. And mm-hmm. and that's the saddest part about this process is because, you know, I just envision lots of little boys now who are, you know, 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s walking around in their, in their grown-up clothes saying, you know, I, I cannot fail. I must succeed. I cannot let people see me the way I really am because, you know, I know that, that feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm, I remember screwing up every day in my addiction, knowing I was cheating and knowing I wasn't being faithful and knowing that I was doing crazy junk everywhere I went and trying to put on a great show once I got done with that and trying to act like everything was perfect. I mean, then I began to realize there's lots of things in my life that I kept from doing that I refused to do because I was afraid I might fail at them. And then God said, go try it. Try running a retreat center and not knowing where the money's going to come to keep it open. Mm-hmm. Try running, getting a ministry off the ground and, and seeing who's going to provide for it and let me show you my hand. But you might fail. Well, you know, that's the thing. It's I think part of this uh, a cousin to this despising authority, which creates anger, is also great fear. Absolutely. Because, you know, you, th- you talk about these little boys— Right, that are in their grown-up clothes, and I think ultimately at the heart of those little boys is a great fear. Sure, and and you know you know where I think that fear comes from. It comes from the fact that they were they never understood or never experienced nurture. Sure, getting back to that issue of nurture. Right, and I think that's you say it all the time. God's a great reparenter, and I think if we'll allow God to reparent us in that and 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 to really embrace that idea of. Failure is not the enemy. That's right. Failure, you don't have to be afraid of failure because you have a God that says he'll never leave you, never forsake you. Absolutely. And so in that you can say, if I slip up, when I slip up, however many times I slip up, God is saying, you know what, it's not about the failure that defines you. It's about my life in you that defines you. And so that's what gives you the hope to keep getting up, the hope to keep saying, you know what, I can... I can keep pressing forward. God has said he'd never leave me, so why not take some risks? Absolutely. Well, and the stronger power behind nurture is the power of his love that's Mm -hmm. unconditional. And I think another fuel that really allows this fear to stay strong inside a man's heart is the fear that he knows if I let anybody see my weaknesses, 
I will lose any kind of love I've ever had. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad may not want to know me. My wife may not want to know me. My boss may fire me. I can't show him or anybody that I am a failure. And the truth is, is that once you acknowledge, hey, I am a failure, and you're going to have to work with me, you're going to have to love me. I mean, it's not the greatest process in a marriage is when two people can look at each other and say, we are failures. And it's only between the two of us that we can work through this together. And that's when a wife is able to start speaking authority into her husband's life when he's broken. And that's when a husband can actually take his role as the authority in his home and begin speaking authority over his his family. And then when he admits he's a failure and can begin accepting authority from others, and especially from God. Mm -hmm. So we put all of this, we wrap it up, and we stick it right in God's face and say, that's who you are, God. That's why I think right now there are men wondering, well, you know, I do think God is a, is a father who shakes his finger at me and gets mad at me when I fail and can't stand that I, you know, just screwed up here or that I messed up here. And, and I think God actually smiles when we fail. I think he looks at us and says, ah, that's my boy trying again. He's still trying, though. He's gone out. He's done something uh, exciting, some adventure, some passionate thing he loves to do. And guess what? He may fail at it, but I'm going to show him how to keep doing it, and and then I'll work through him in it. Now, in our last few minutes that we have here, what would you – how would you help people in terms of understanding what they need to do next? If they are feeling like, man, I – I can identify with that despising of authority, the anger, the fear, those kind of things. How would you help them engage those risks? Because I think some people may be uh, unfortunately hearing us say that when it's, you know, the God smiling when we fail as saying, well, okay, so you're wanting me to continue to have sinful pursuits. You know, you want me to continue to like drive hard towards sin and drive hard towards lust or what are you actually saying in terms of taking risks and really trying to engage understanding the value of authority when it is when it comes in love sure and and what are some of those risks that these folks need to take in order to start breaking free from that sure well sin is not is sin will never lead you to your passions or your adventures. Mm-hmm. You may think it's passion, but it's just downright sinful lust. So that kind of sin will never lead you to your passions. So what I'm saying about that, look for those things you're afraid of. Maybe there's a sport you're afraid to get involved in. Maybe there's a job that you've always wanted to do. Maybe you've always wanted to do your own company, whatever it is. Maybe or even you, just like a project around the house. That's that right. You've thought about for years and you just that's feel right. afraid to do it. You know, or maybe like me, you know, you know nothing about cars and you think, you know what, God's telling me to go try and fix this car and I'm going, nope, I always call a repairman because I have no I know nothing about a car. Sometimes an adventure is going and doing something you think, I would never do that because I know nothing about it, just to see if you can do it. On the other hand, despising authority can sometimes be that we are caught in absolute sin. And so the adventure there is to begin to look at, okay, God does not wag his finger even at sin. He already knows it's wrong. So he doesn't come at you and just say, stop it, I told you to quit, right? because he knows that doesn't work. The place there is asking God to put people in your life that will begin to speak authority over you. You know, like if you are in the middle of a sin and somebody says, you know, don't do this, otherwise it's going to lead you to sin. Oh, no, I do that all the time, and that never that never causes me to go to sin. 
that means you're not listening to that authority. To begin to ask yourself, do I bristle every time somebody brings me advice or correction? That's something you need to begin looking at. And look for those places that you've never wanted to try because you're afraid of failure. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Now let it rain